0: I will bless the Lord at all time. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Good morning, beloveds. I greet you this morning with Jesus' joy. This is yet another day that the Lord hath made and of course we are rejoicing and we are glad in the blessing of the day. Certainly grateful and thankful to have this opportunity to connect with you this Tuesday morning for yet another edition of our Tuesday Old Testament Word Walk uh, through the Word of God. always, I pray that everyone is well today and pray that you are blessed. Uh, Once again, we are from the home studio uh, this morning. Um, As we are, of course, you know, bouncing back from sickness, uh, but nevertheless, feeling pretty good, feeling strong enough today to go ahead and be prepared to share God's word with you today. So by all means, I pray that you have your study material ready. I pray that you have your handout ready. I pray that you've got your Bible ready. I pray that you are ready to dive in to today's lesson. It's a relatively short lesson today as we continue uh, in our study of the book of Leviticus as we are setting our sights on spiritual standards. Uh, We are continuing in lesson two, of our walk through the book of Leviticus as we are talking about setting our sights on standards for spiritual leadership. Last week we began with chapter eight dealing with some seven keys that are found or should be seen in leadership that is submitted to God. And we're gonna take a moment to review those in just a moment. And then we're gonna move forward looking at chapter nine today. Um, And as I said, chapter nine is relatively a short lesson. Uh, So we're gonna take our time and just walk through it today. And then we are gonna wrap up uh, next week with chapter 10, which is really an eye-opening chapter. But before we get started today, let's take a moment, let's pray let's seek god's guidance god's direction as we walk through his word together bow your heads with me now let's pray together most holy and all-wise god we come before you now telling you thank you god for this day thank you for our life our health our strength your goodness your grace and your mercy god we say thank you that you have blessed us with another day We thank you that because we have another day, we have new mercies, we have new grace, and we have new opportunities to serve you better today than we did yesterday. God, we say thank you for that. Now, God, we prepare to walk through your word, and I ask, as always, for clarity of speech and clarity of thought, that as we will rightly divide your word before your people, Speak to me that I might speak to your people today, and God, as you will, we will be found giving you the praise, the glory, and all of the honor. This is my prayer. I offer it now in the name of he who was, he who is, and he who is to come, our Lord and Savior, Jesus. We pray and we praise, amen, amen, and amen. To God be all of the glory. So listen, last week when we were together, We looked at chapter eight, uh, which dealt with the actual ceremony of ordination of Aaron and his sons, uh, Nadab and Abihu, those sons of Aaron, as they were set apart by God, by God now, to serve as the next priest. Uh, Several things we said last week. We said that being leaders who are submitted to God then and now, must be willing to do several things. We said last week that first of all, a leader is one who serves God and seeks to please God by serving God's people. It is about pleasing God by serving the people. Uh, You all know for the last few Sundays we've been teaching and preaching on this, uh, particularly from the aspect of men, understanding that men should always be willing, ready, and able to serve as prophet, priest, provider, and protector of their homes. And so we looked at that last week in understanding that as priest over God's people, Aaron and his sons had the responsibility of being that mediator between God and the nation of Israel. They were the ones that carried their uh, prayer requests and their sacrifices before God. So they had to really have a heart, not only for the people, but also have a heart for serving God in the process of this walk. Secondly, we said that they had to be clean as they meditated on the word of God. We talked about the fact that before they were consecrated, they were fully bathed from head to toe. And then after that, each time they entered the tabernacle and the holy place, particularly the tent of meeting, they had to wash their hands and their feet, making sure that their actions and their walk was pure before God. They were clothed in grace. That was the third thing we said last week. There were certain items of clothing that they could only wear when they were carrying out their temple or tabernacle responsibilities. Then fourthly, we said that they were anointed by the Spirit of God. There's no way that they could do the assignment unless God's power, God's presence was on them. They were anointed with a special oil. We talked about that last week because the oil that they were anointed with could only be used in the temple. Then they were set apart to hear God's voice. They were to do God's work and they were to walk in God's ways. They had a set assignment as it related to their temple work. And they had to carry that work out with a level of seriousness and a level of integrity. And that leads us to the point number six last week. We said that they had to be sanctified for holy use. They belonged totally to God. I wanna say that again. They belonged totally. They depended totally. They served only God. And then by by being totally dedicated to God and being totally sold out to God, the seventh thing we said last week was that leadership that is submitted to God must be totally and completely dedicated to the Lord, his will, his way. They had to do it that way. There was no other way that it had to be done. So in today's lesson, we pick up with chapter nine. And in chapter nine, if you remember last week, we said that true spiritual leadership, both then and now, had to do three things. Last week, we said, first of all, that spiritual leadership had to be submissive to God's authority. They had to submit to God's authority. As a spiritual leader, I serve you but I submit to what God has told me in his word. I've got to do it according to what his word says. Psalm 37 makes it clear. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. The word says, though that good man may fall, he is not utterly cast down. He is not thrown away, because the Lord upholds him with his right hand. And then go so far, David says, I have been young. Now am I old, yet have I not seen the righteous, the people who do it God's way, forsaken, nor his seed, God's children, begging for bread. So since we understand that they had to be submissive mm, to God's authority, we pick up with the second key, of spiritual leadership the second standard of spiritual leadership and it's found in chapter nine the second key spiritual leadership must be willing to reveal god's glory reveal god's glory now let's 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 sort of pick this thing up where we left off last week Remember, we shared last week that the ordination ceremony was an eight day ceremony. It took eight days. And of course, the first day was where the majority of it took place. But the remaining seven days was each day they had to offer sacrifices and share in fellowship meals, one with another, for a period of seven days. That was a period of consecration, it was a period of preparation for the work and for the assignment that was laid upon them. So now at this particular point, we see that Aaron and his sons had completed their week. And now that their week is over, they are ready to begin serving on the altar. They're ready to serve the Lord, all right? Up until this point, Moses had been the one offering the sacrifices. But what we're going to see in this particular lesson in chapter nine today, we are going to see how now Moses relinquishes that assignment to Aaron and his sons as a part of their priestly ministry, a part of their ministry of leadership, which gives me a good time to really make this thing live to us very quickly. Please understand, beloveds, that leadership, servant leadership, serving God through leading his people is a ministry all by itself. My service to you as pastor of St. James Missionary Baptist Church is a ministry all by itself. And there are three things that take place in understanding the ministry leadership there are three keys to the ministry of leadership if you're following me in the handout these three are the very three things that we're going to take a look at in today's lesson the three keys of the ministry of leadership point number one the first ministry is the ministry of sacrifices it's recorded in verses 1 through 21 And I'm actually gonna take the time to read this today so that we will really have an understanding of everything that takes place. It's a great body of scripture, but I'm gonna read it and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna explain it, all right? Leviticus chapter nine, verses one through 21, the English Standard Version, the word of the Lord says, on the eighth day, Moses called Aaron and his sons and the elders of Israel. And he said to Aaron, take for yourself a bull calf and a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering, both without blemish and offer them before the Lord. And say to the people of Israel, take a male goat for a sin offering and a calf and a lamb, both a year old without blemish for a burnt offering and an ox and a ram for peace offerings to sacrifice before the Lord and a grain offering mixed with oil, for today the Lord will appear to you. And they brought what Moses commanded in front of the tent of meeting, and all of the congregation drew near and stood before the Lord. And Moses said, this is the thing that the Lord commanded you to do, that the glory of the Lord may appear to you. Then Moses said to Aaron, draw near to the altar, And offer your sin offering and your burn offering and make atonement for yourself and for the people and bring the offering of the people and make atonement for them as the Lord command has commanded. Verse eight. So Aaron drew near to the altar and killed the calf of the sin offering, which was for himself. And the sons of Aaron presented the blood to him. He dipped his finger in the blood and put it on the horns of the altar and poured out the blood at the base of the altar. But the fat and the kidneys and the long lobe of the liver of, from the sin offering, he burned on the altar as the Lord commanded Moses. The flesh and the skin he burned up with fire outside the camp. Then he killed the burnt offering and Aaron's sons handed him the blood and he threw it against the sides of the altar. And they handed the burnt offering to him, piece by piece, and the head, and he burned them on the altar. And he washed the entrails and the legs and burned them with the burnt offering on the altar. Then he presented the people's offering, look at this, and took the goat of the sin offering that was for the people and killed it and offered it as a sin offering like the first one. And he presented the burnt offering and offered it according to the rule. And he presented the grain offering and took a handful of it, burned it on the altar beside the burnt offering of the morning. Then he killed the ox and the ram, the sacrifice of the peace offerings for the people. And Aaron's sons handed him the blood and he threw it against the sides of the altar. But the fat pieces of the ox and of the ram, the fat tail, and that which covers the entrails and the kidneys and the long lobe of the liver, they put the fat pieces on the breast, and he burnt the fat pieces on the altar. But the breast and the right thigh, Aaron waved for a wave offering before the Lord, as Moses commanded. Now, there is so much here in these 21 verses, but I pray that you see already that the first item that takes place is worship, all right? If you would remember, all of this is a repeat of what we covered in the first seven chapters, showing a matter of worship being a matter of total consecration to the Lord, all right? Aaron and his sons had to offer a bull calf for a sin offering, a ram for a burnt offering, and then there was a grain offering, all right? All of this goes back to um, Exodus chapter 29 in verses 38 through 42, where the Bible teaches us that they had to do this in both in the morning and in the evening. Every day had to begin and end with a means of totally consecrating themselves and worship to God. They were imperfect. They were human. They served God's people, but they were imperfect. And because they were imperfect, they had to offer sacrifices for themselves before they could offer sacrifices for the people the first uh, 14 verses deal with how they offered those sacrifices and the spirit of which they offered those sacrifices. If you remember in the earlier verses of chapter nine, Moses gives the instructions that they had to take a bull calf for a sin offering. Remember, we talked about this in the first seven chapters of the book of Leviticus and what each offering represented. They took a ram for a burnt offering. And then the people had to do the same thing. But before the people could do it, the priests had to make sure that they did this. They were consecrating themselves for service. What is the true ministry of leadership? Did we not talk about that last week, that a true servant leadership or leadership that is submitted to God not only must present themselves spiritually consecrated, but we have to also offer ourselves physically consecrated. That simply means that there is a lesson or a message of priority that every spiritual leader must grab a hold to. I want to say that again. There is a lesson. There is a message of total consecration, not just spiritually, but physically. We serve God by serving the people and we must seek to please God in our service of people, all right? So now their ordination, as a part of their ordination, we talked about this last week, involved offering sacrifices for the people. They offered them first to God, and then verse three and four says that they offer a sacrifice for the people. A goat for the sin offering, a calf and a lamb for burnt offerings, a bullock for the fellowship offering, and then a meal or a grain offering, all right? Now, what this signifies to me, Dr. Warren Wiersbe said it this way, to have sanctified priests without sanctified people is out of order. In so many words, spiritual leadership is nothing if there are not spiritual followers. Can I say that one more time? Spiritual leadership is nothing without spiritual followers. That means simply to me that the same standards that God holds to us as leaders, we should hold to ourselves as followers. Mm, Oh my, does that not change the whole concept of things? Because people are quick to hold leadership to a standard to which they themselves will not hold themselves to you've got to be willing to make sure that you are striving to live a life that is totally sanctified, set apart for holy use. Just like you look to me for spiritual leadership, I'm looking to you to be spiritual followers. And for that cause, not only must I lay before God for me, but I have to lay before God for the people that have submitted themselves to follow me. Amen. How gracious of God to provide for us a way of forgiveness, dedication, and fellowship. And we have all of that through Jesus Christ. Amen. We've got forgiveness forgiveness and I need you to hold on to that because there's a powerful principle that I'm going to share at the close of our gathering today that sort of summarizes everything that we see in chapter nine but through this means of worship we have forgiveness we have dedication and we have fellowship through Jesus Christ so then we get to verse six and in verse six, Moses tells the people that God is going to appear. The glory of the Lord is going to appear, but it's only going to appear as they seek to do the thing that God commanded. All right. Basically, what we must understand, beloveds, is God's glory appearing is a symbol of his seal of approval we've seen this already in the final verses of exodus 40 remember when the tabernacle was completed in exodus 40 and after every piece of the tabernacle was put in place the bible says that the glory of the lord fell upon the the place it dwelt in the holies of holies all right see people of god we must always be found serving and leading with an anticipation of an appearance of God. When we gather for worship on Sunday mornings, when we gather for Bible study, and you all have heard me teach this before, even when it relates to meetings and choir rehearsals and things of that nature, we ought gather expecting God to show up in a means of a seal of approval. Now that doesn't always mean, because I understand God is an intelligent God, but God's presence in the midst of the meeting, God's presence in the midst of choir rehearsal, God's presence in the midst of Bible study, in the midst of of worship, in the midst of, 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 of a meeting, whatever. When God's presence shows up, God's presence reveals that he is placing his seal of approval on everything that we are doing. In other words, it's got to move beyond being a show or 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 fashioned because a, a form or a fashion or an outside show is basically idolatry in the eyes of God. And God hates idolatry because idolatry basically robs God of the glory that is due to him and it robs us of the blessing that we can receive when he sends his presence. If his presence is not there, y'all, if his power is not there, we have nothing. Can I say that again? If God's presence is not among us, if God's glory doesn't fill the tabernacle, if God's presence doesn't meet us in worship on Sunday morning, our coming has been in vain. And I'm gonna take it a step further in telling us that even in consecrating ourselves, we consecrate ourselves so that we can be in a position to receive God's presence. See, oftentimes people, let me teach this, and I and I gotta, I gotta go here, I'm gonna leave the lesson for a minute, but let me help somebody. Oftentimes, people miss God's presence because they're in the wrong position. I wanna say that again. People miss God's presence because they're out of place. You got the wrong mindset. You got the wrong attitude. You come in with the wrong atmosphere. You come in with the wrong actions. Remember those three words we talked about? Our attitude has gotta be right our atmosphere has gotta be right, and our actions have gotta be right for God to show himself mighty, for God to send his presence, his glory, so that we might receive his seal of approval. So in in, in verses seven through 21, we begin to see everything taking place. Moses tells Aaron to draw near to the altar, carry out the sin offering, carry out the burn offering, bring the offering for the people. All of that was to be an atonement. Atonement, we talked about that word a couple of weeks ago. The atonement basically says that I am offering this in substitution or in replacement for me, for my sin, for my transgression for my wrongdoing. Whereas in the Old Testament, it was animals. In the New Testament, Christ becomes our atonement. He stood in our place. So in verses seven through 21, we see Aaron carrying out the procedure. Everything that was done, the blood was pulled from the animal, placed on the horns. Elves items that were to be placed on the altar were placed on the altar, the blood that was to be splashed on the sides of the altar, all of that was done. First, keep in mind that there was an order to this, all right? Before Aaron and his sons could offer on behalf of the people, they had to first offer on behalf of themselves, which brings the very powerful nugget that I've been dying to share with you this morning. Here it is, beloveds, let me put it on the screen for you. There is an order to God's sacrifices, and the order is significant. Aaron teaches us here that as spiritual leadership, spiritual leadership must first deal with their own sin before they can dedicate themselves totally to God and then enjoy fellowship with him. It applies even with us as people of God, as Christians. We first need to deal with our sin. You need to deal with your issues. Deal with the areas of your life that could stand some touch from God. Deal with your sin before you can totally dedicate yourself to serving God through serving people. What a message, what a message, what a message. Really, I could almost shut down Bible study right there because that's the whole point of being in a position to see the glory of God. If you're going to witness God's glory, if you're gonna witness God's presence as leadership and even followership, if we're going to be a witness of God's glory, we need to start dealing with some of the sin that has toxified us let's deal with some of the sin that has caused us to go left instead of right come on david purge me with hyssop psalm 51 i shall be clean wash me and i shall be whiter than snow create in me a clean heart and renew within me a right spirit and then he goes so far as to say god after you do that then I will be able to teach transgressors your ways and sinners will be converted unto thee. I'm gonna put it up one more time. We must first deal with our sin before we can dedicate ourselves totally to the Lord and then we can enjoy fellowship with him. What are you saying to us, Pastor? I'm saying to us this morning that now more than ever, we need to learn how to search ourselves. It's easy, it is so easy to see the sin and the shortcoming of others, but you need to first deal with you, amen. I wanna say that again. We need to deal with us first. I often think about something I heard Pastor Felix Petaway teach one time. As a matter of fact, he preached it from the pulpit of St. James. We gotta be careful about pointing that finger because just as easy as we can point one at somebody else, Always remember, you got three of them coming right back at you. We must deal with our own sin. You got to set your own house in order. You got to get your own life right so that we can totally be in position. Matthew, Matthew chapter seven deals with how in the world can we get the the moat out of our neighbor's eye when we have the beam in front of our own eye? Jesus said, first of all, get the beam out of your eye. Get that two by four out of your face so that you can see clearly to help get the splinter out of your neighbor's eye. Amen. And think about it, y'all, because if you don't properly see the splinter and try to treat the splinter, you will cause more harm than good. We must first deal with our sin before we can dedicate ourselves totally to the Lord and enjoy fellowship, watch this, with him and with one another. Which leads me to the second point of our handout. The second piece of revealing uh, God's glory comes not only in the ministry of sacrifices, but second piece of the ministry of leadership comes in being able to share God's blessings share God's blessings. Now, that's found in verses 22 and 23. One of the blessings and one of the privileges that is found in serving as the high priest was the fact that they had the opportunity to bless the people on the first day of ministry, all right? So what we're about to see in verses 22 and 23 is Aaron giving one of two blessings, all right? We're going to see it. Let's, let's take a look at it real quick. Let's take a look at it. Let's look at verses 22 to through 23. I told you this was going to be a short lesson. Here it is. Then Aaron lifted up his hands toward the people and blessed them. And he came down from offering the sin offering and the burnt offering and the peace offerings. And Moses and Aaron went into the tent of meeting. And when they came out, they blessed the people. And the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. Did you all not see here that according to these two verses, there are two blessings? Verse 22, look at it there again. Aaron lifts up his hands toward the people and bless them. This was immediately after the sacrifices were offered. He came down from the peace offering and the sin offering and the burnt offering. And then once they went into the tent of meeting, you see that there, the second blessing takes place. And once the second blessing was given, the glory of the Lord filled the space. All right. Now, Bible history gives us to know that the first blessing actually is recorded in the book of Numbers. You might wanna write this scripture down. Numbers chapter six, verses 23 through 26. And it reminds us that every blessing we have comes because of the finish work, all right? This applies even to us as New Testament believers. It it, it, replies to, it applies to us even as New Testament believers. Write this scripture down. Ephesians chapter one, verses three through seven. And I'm going to read that for us here very quickly. Ephesians chapter one, verses three through seven shows how the blessing even applies to you and I. Ephesians one, verses three through seven. Let me read it to you. It is that one statement that is found in paul's greeting to the ephesian church ephesians 1 verse 3 through 7 blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ who has blessed us in christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him in love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through jesus christ according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. Verse seven, in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. Let me keep reading to verse 10, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. What is the point that we see as it applies to us now? It basically has us to understand that unless we know Jesus Christ as our own personal Lord and savior, we do not have any spiritual blessings that we can claim for our own. And then because we don't have any spiritual blessings, we are not able to ask God to bless others through us. So what is this saying? This says that once the work was done, after the sacrifices have been given, Aaron was able to lift his hands toward the people and bless them. Why? He offered sacrifices for himself and equally for the people. New Testament believers, it still is applied. Until we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we miss out on our blessings, and we are then unable to bless somebody else. There is that principle again that we've been talking about, there's that principle again. Let me. Can I put it up on the screen for us one more time? We must first deal with our sin before we can dedicate ourselves totally to the Lord and enjoy fellowship with Him and with others. Matters not how much Scripture we know. Matters not how much Scripture we quote. No matters not how saintly and sanctimonious we try to look. If our lives are not totally dedicated to God through our cleansing, through our acknowledgement of our sin and our shortcoming, until we first deal with us, we can't help nobody else. Amen, somebody, amen. So the second blessing that follows is found in verse 23. Moses and Aaron is in the tabernacle, which reminds us that we must be in fellowship with God. And with one another, if we're going to be a blessing to others, you got to learn how to get along with people. Look, 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 look at it, look at it, look at it. Moses and Aaron went into the tent of meeting. If you remember, that's where the fellowship meal took place. And then when they came out from the fellowship meeting, they were then able to bless the people. This ought to tell us, I cannot have fellowship with you until I first learn how to get it right with God. True blessings come, watch this, when we learn how to get along with each other and stop trying to defeat or destroy each other. JT Worthy, you teaching good this morning. We gotta learn how to stop. If I can't help you, I won't hurt you, amen that's what i'm telling you because we will block not only our neighbor's blessing but you'll stifle your own blessing let me tell us trying to be trying to act so holy that you are are nasty you trying to act so righteous but you are filled with venom you trying to act like you got it all together and can't even open your mouth and part your lips to speak looking with evil looks and rolling eyes instead of eyes of grace and mercy, how do you expect to be blessed? You're robbing yourself, amen. You're robbing yourself. So so let's deal with this. We're still dealing with the ministry of leadership. The ministry of leadership has to deal with, first of all, sacrifices. The ministry of leadership must be willing to share God's blessings. True fellowship simply means that I don't act like I'm the only fella in the ship. Which brings us to the third and final piece of today's lesson. I'm going to stop here um, at verse 24. Third and final piece, third point of the handout, point number three under um, Roman numeral two of revealing God's glory. We must be willing third and finally to see God's glory. The ministry of leadership is a ministry of sacrifices. It's a ministry of sharing God's blessings, but it is also a ministry of seeing God's glory. Let's look at verse 24 and we're going to wrap up. And fire came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the pieces of fat on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted, And fell on their faces. The very thing that Moses told them earlier in the chapter takes place. They saw the glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord appeared just like it did when they finished the tabernacle, all right? And may I go ahead and just reference it again in 2nd Chronicles chapter 7. When the temple was completed by Solomon, God's glory will appear again. All right. When we talk about the glory of God, we're talking about God's presence, God's illuminating presence, God's powerful presence, presence that allows us to basically release our control for his control. The glory that dwelt in the tabernacle left the camp because of the sin of the people, and it returned at the dedication of the temple. All right. This glory is the same glory that came down to earth when Jesus was born. It's the same glory that dwelt with him. In John 1 14, the word was made flesh, dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. Even in today's day and time, God's glory dwells in us. Uh-huh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20 says that our bodies and our spirits belong to God. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. It dwells in us, all right? So now, according to verse 24, when the fire of God fell, It consumed the burnt offering, and the consuming the burnt offering let them know that God was among them and God was with them. Hmm, what are you saying to us, Pastor? This ought to tell us, beloveds, that even though we are sinful people, when we approach God correctly, when we make sure that our lives are clean and clear, before God. And when we seek to have fellowship, one with another, we can then witness the power and the presence of God moving, flowing and operating in our lives. What are you saying to us, beloveds? Here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. And I'm closing here today. All right. Remember, we said worship was a means of three things attitude, atmosphere, and action. So I need to remind us that if our ministry does not glorify God, God will not bless it. And when God does not bless it, he will not allow his presence to dwell among us. If I could offer some word of encouragement, and I'm done today. If I could offer some word of encouragement, If God's power, God's presence, God's spirit shows up among you, it is a sign that he is approving and in approval of what is taking place. And that ought humble us when we gather for worship on Sunday mornings and God's power is moving and the presence is heavy You know, I often talk about this associate pastor Lee. And I talk about this a great deal that there is a thickness in the sanctuary. There's a heavy fog that fills the sanctuary. Folks think we're crazy when we talk like that, but it still happens today because it lets us know that God's power, God's presence is among us. And when God's power and God's presence is among us, he is giving his seal of approval. My prayer to God every day of my life is that in my ministry of leadership, God allows his glory to fall among his people. Therefore, blessing me, blessing you, blessing those that are around us. And so today I'm going to pause. I'm going to stop right here. Uh, Next week, we're going to pick it up. um, Looking at chapter 10, we're going to wrap this lesson up next week. Looking at chapter 10. In chapter 10, we are going to see that just like things should have ended up with glorious worship of God, instead we're going to see that things are going to take a turn for bad because of disobedience. Next week, we're going to take a look at the third key, the third standard of spiritual leadership. We submit to God's authority. We reveal God's glory, but third and finally, we must be willing to accept God's discipline. I'm going to take a look at chapter twenty, chapter ten, uh, and again a very another of another short lesson next week. Um, but we'll take a look at chapter ten, and then I want to close this lesson by sharing some life applications with you that I believe um, we can apply this lesson to our lives in today's day and time. Well, beloveds, as always, it's been my joy to share God's word with you. And of course, as always, if you have any questions from today's lesson, any questions from Leviticus chapter number nine, I invite you to drop those questions in the comment section and uh, we will be more than happy to see your questions. And we will respond to your questions um, in a expeditious matter based upon our study of the word of God. Well, beloveds, as always, it is my joy to be able to share with you. I pray that today's lesson has really been impactful. It has been insightful. And I pray even the more that this word has really ministered to your heart, your mind and your spirit, having to understand and helping you to understand with greater understanding that we must make sure that we deal with our sin. Let's deal with our shortcomings. Let's make sure that we are right so that we can approach God right and enjoy fellowship one with another correctly. In the way of announcements, don't forget tonight, 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 there will be no replay of Bible study tonight. Once again, we will be live from the sanctuary tonight um, at seven o'clock. We are excited about sharing the third and final installment of Fall Revival 2023. Our revival has truly been a tremendous blessing this year. God has really moved and shown himself mighty, uh, this year. And we thank God for it. Um, I thank God for Dr. J Vincent Terry, and I thank God for my friend and brother, Dr. Mark Gibson, both of them are by my friends and my brothers. I thank God for them, for how God has used them in a great way to help us rekindle a flame and reignite a fire in us to serve God better. And so tonight, I'm so happy to have another friend and brother, a new face to the St. James family, the Reverend Dr. David Moore, who is the pastor of the Indian Woods Missionary Baptist Church in Windsor, North Carolina. He will be with us tonight uh, along with his very fine people. We are certainly excited to have him sharing with us and sharing a word from the Lord with us on tonight. Don't forget the church opens at 615 for prayer. We will begin worship from the pulpit promptly at seven o'clock on tonight. We are certainly looking forward to a great and glorious time in God as we have shared uh, the previous two Tuesdays. Don't forget uh, midweek prayer is tomorrow at 12 noon. Um, Inspirational Voices are rehearsing tomorrow evening at 7. And then, of course, don't forget, ladies, those members who are part of the women's choir. Women's choir rehearsal is Thursday evening at 6.30. We're looking forward to seeing you in rehearsal on Thursday night. And then, of course, we are celebrating Breast Cancer Awareness Month this Sunday. We are going pink uh, in honor of our survivors. We're celebrating survival. Uh, on this particular Sunday. And so I want to invite you to wear your pink, come on out. Let's show some love and celebrate our survivors who have endured and have come through on the other side. I love the fact that they don't see themselves as victims, but rather as victors. So we are excited about what God is gonna do in our worship on Sunday. Looking forward to seeing all of you there uh, in worship. Sunday School, of course, at 9.15, Cyber Sunday School at nine o'clock, and then morning worship at 10.30 a.m. Would love to see you in service on this coming Sunday. Blessings upon you is our prayer. We pray God's continued blessings upon all of you. It is our will, but it's gotta be the will of God. We look forward to being together next tuesday for yet another walk through the word of god join me now let's close in a word of prayer heavenly father i say thank you for this time thank you for this privilege thank you for this opportunity to share in teaching of your word god i pray that what has been shared will minister to the hearts and minds of your people god i'm asking you to help us to deal with us help us to be found revealing your glory, not only in our attitudes, in our atmospheres, in our actions, oh God. Help us to be found doing things that bring glory and not shame to your name. God, we call this day blessed. We speak blessings upon the rest of this day and the rest of our lives. Keep us and we'll be kept, bless us and we'll be blessed, and we will be found giving your name, the praise, the glory, and all of the honor. This is our prayer. We offer it now. In the name of Jesus, we pray and praise. Amen, amen, and amen. Blessings upon all of you is our prayer. We pray God's continued blessings upon all of you. Would love to see you tonight in worship at seven. If not, join us right back here, this same place, seven o'clock tonight for worship as we close out Fall Revival 2023. Until next week, be blessed, be safe, and know as always, beloved, We love you all.